0: edition we are going back and looking down the dawn of x runs that we have already had Uh, we're focusing on specific titles this week we are focusing on x-men the dawn of x start from issue one to issue nine and
1: i am juan i am Rodgers. i'm alas
2: and i am fox
0: and we're starting off with discussing what books we liked off of this run. I Anybody?
3: Think...
2: Hmm. Kind of agree. I that go Crucible last. is the best issue. I want... Okay. Fair enough. So I guess you don't agree that Crucible is the best issue.
0: <laughs>
2: um, that's at least. That's at least my favorite. Crucible. Crucible was that moment where I'm just like. Oh, okay. So this is gonna be a completely epic new thing. Cause okay, an issue. What was it? Issue four. Which one was the one where they went to the the summit? Issue
3: four. Issue four.
2: If if we're just gonna know how big that was for canon, I would say the, the one where they went to the um economic summit. That one was so good. Right. That was just that was such that was such, Hickman writing, and I I loved I loved everything about that issue. That, that was them being every all the characters being Xavier giving the it was cool. It was the first time we've seen we had seen um Xavier with his Dawn of X so far. Because everybody everybody had been theorizing that oh maybe controlled you know Xavier but no it really was Xavier the entire time with the helmet on and he's just it just proved that he's just him that's just who he is now and I I kind of really appreciated that
1: yeah I mean I have to agree that um, that issue is very important I think my favorite issue since you said so did you agree that yours was seven or four Fox,
2: um whichever uh, i don't you really remember more the about four
0: you talked more about four than you talked about the crucible <laughs> which was seven
2: i can talk that's the thing we've talked about crucible so much on this podcast oh yeah definitely. we spent almost an entire episode talking about it that is my favorite but i think it's it's such uh unanimous favorites right Basically a, it's basically a, a lore bomb that drops on you in one issue, it feels almost unfair to pick that as a thing because it's so important.
0: Right. It was such to stand out within its own.
2: Yeah. It almost yeah. feel a start, like almost like an issue all of itself. So that's why I don't I didn't pick that one specific. Right. If going to keep that one out, I would say X-Men for where they go to where they go to that economic forum. Right. Are you running? Okay,
1: Um. yeah, I would agree that probably seven is the most important out of the nine, but my favorite would be probably issue number two, because oh, well, never mind, hold on. How are you going to talk about it? My- <laughs> I told you that. Well, let me pick something else then. You go talk about it then, you go.
2: You guys can have the same favorite. No, because I'm going to go down the wormhole on this issue. I'll
0: pick
1: something different. You do it. I'll I'll think about it while you talk.
0: So uh, mine were originally two and seven. And I think two wins a little bit more just because two pretty much sets up everything that we're about to hit. Because of of Swords with uh, the High Summoner. Like, going back and reading it, I was like, oh, they laid out their plans this early on about what was going to happen. Because when Cyclops, Rachel, and Nate go, or Cable, Kid Cable, go over to Erica um, to go discover what's going on over there, why Krakoa is going towards that island, they find the High Summoner, who happens to be the child of death, or no war, Who's the child of war? And then reading the info page on there, it says how he is able, he is actually the highest ranked summoner. There's only one, and it's him. He's a level three, and he can summon demons and an un- amount of, uh, like, numerous amounts of hordes. So I'm like, okay, this dude's powerful. And then you have that whole interaction with his mom, who's war, talking about uh, you need to seek him out. No matter what, you have to be by his side talking about Apocalypse. So when Apocalypse and um, the High Summoner finally get to meet, they talk about how his children are protecting the gate, but they're inevitably going to get through the gate. And you find out that the High Summoner actually is the gateway between Otherworld and Erica. So... That explains why um, Apocalypse has such an infinity for the magic right now and is trying to go into Otherworld and doing all the stuff there. So I was like, oh, my God, connecting the dots. I was like, man, he told us an issue to what the story was going to be for X swords or tens of swords from such an early point. That's why this issue to me beat out number seven just a little bit more. Because the you see the Seeds Farming come to fruition and it just introduces this really cool new character, which also ties in Excalibur into this X-Men run and early on combining the power of Teeny Howard and Hickman. So to me, this one kind of takes a cake on it.
2: I mean, that's that's actually pretty fair. I like that issue a lot. That was that was really cool. Well, I and I also just really liked um, I really liked family time for Cyclops. Exactly. That was also very
0: fun. Like their own little like family outing, which it's funny because in yeah. all these issues, X issues, um, there's like family outings in it mentioned, like the trip that they're gonna take to um, what is it called? Oh, uh, they're taking a trip a together. To somewhere in the Shiar Empire, yeah. and then um, the trip with Gladiator and his kid. There's a lot of like you know family bonding time.
2: Okay. Um,
1: chandelier. Yeah, the chandelier. That's where they're gonna go. Mm-hmm. All right,
2: chandelier.
1: I'll go next. Na- yeah. <laughs> See you. All right. So um, since number two is taken, and that's fine because that, I mean. That wasn't really my, I mean, that was kind of my favorite one, but this is one of the, like, second most important ones to me, other than number four. But really my favorite one to reread, because I reread all these for the podcast, was really number three, the Golden Girls issue. Um, Because I haven't, I've only read the issue one time, so this is literally my second time reading it. And I forgot how, like, hilarious it was for all these old ladies to basically be, like, Um, environmental terrorists and supervillains and to interact with the mutants and just to interact with each other. And this was probably the funniest or fun issue of all nine issues. It's wild. Like, it's really wild. I feel like Hickman had a lot of fun writing it because it wasn't like... I mean, he's obviously setting this up like he's setting up all the little plot points for future stories. But I feel like with this one, he could have a little bit more fun with He's not trying to take it somewhere, you know, right off the bat. He's just like, I'm going to come up with this crazy idea, and this is what it is. And well, I, I really think, like it.
3: I think this one actually plays into Empire, because if you see the Empire previews, um, Warren gets attacked by one of the Golden Girls. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. Know. Okay,
1: well, then there you go. He is setting it up. But
3: <laughs> which makes sense,
1: because the Empire um, event is like plant people from outer space, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean they they dealing with plants, they want to take over the earth with nature. So if it makes sense. But I really like how they just stopped like these old women who were bickering and couldn't even say cuss words beat some of the top level mutants so easily. Yeah. Like it was like they were nothing. They it took was Called Shaw like nothing. Yeah, and then they beat him they gave him a black eye. They gave Shaw a black eye. That was
3: that
1: and that's
3: what pinnacle. Shaw deserves. No, right. oh, no, that's what that's what Shaw deserves,
1: no doubt. But oh, and I I can't I can't forget the interaction between Emma and Jean. That was that the two the two pages worth of that when they were going back and forth shading each other, that was amazing. We need more of that in these comics. And I love that that Hickman. Um, I feel like Hickman probably has like either friends with a lot of uh, women or just. Friends with a few gay people, or he's like, they shade them and he observes, or he talks like reads them back. Because I mean, he's really good at writing people that read each other, you know. Not saying that straight men can't read each other, but they're not known for it, yeah.
2: so I <laughs> just watched it a lot out of RuPaul. Maybe
1: well,
0: <laughs> sat down, watched one season, he goes, I like, got it.
2: <laughs> they love old.
0: Angry ladies. <laughs>
2: that would actually be really fun. I would love a YouTube, a YouTube channel. It's just Hickman reacting RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: Is <laughs> a weekly recap by Hickman. Okay, I can't even <laughs> imagine that. I don't even know what that would entail. But yeah, uh, number three is my favorite. Uh, what's your favorite, Amos?
3: Um. Okay. Uh, my favorite is four. for Um. And I know. Uh, and I know Fox already chose this, but I do love four the most. Um, because I remember reading that and I got the spoiler for it the night before. Um, and so we spent, like, it led to this discussion in a group chat I'm in, and we were discussing about how this is such a narrow view of history because Apocalypse said that, like, um, he was the person who caused the Bronze Age to fall down. And then we went into, like, this deep discussion about how historians view history as very specific events rather than a unanimous timeline, and I remember the night before, You know, we just spent like three hours discussing about how this just triggered a discussion in a comic server about how we view history in a very flawed way. And this issue is a perfect example of it. Right. It was the most fun I've ever had. Um, But I, um, like always, I have a problem with this issue. But my problem with this issue, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, is that I hate Hickman's menu in this issue. Um, Oh, that menu is atrocious. Every time I see like the fact that he's serving like olive like Wagos steak as, with cold sauce, it's like wago steak you're supposed to have as like an appetizer. It's like a mm-hmm. it's like a foie um foie gras. I can't pronounce it correctly. I apologize. Foie gras. Foie gras. Yes. Um, you're supposed to have that as like an appetizer, as like a small plate because it's so fatty and rich. You're not gonna eat an entire steak's worth of it. You know.
0: Right.
3: Um and also like watermelon gazpacho with as an appetizer with watermelon um, I, and chili what it's actually good I'll, I'll give them i've tried it it's good yeah um, nice however it does not go with the rest of the flavors in this plate and <laughs> and the reason i say is because i sat with a, col- a couple of like culinary students and we were like talking shit about this menu for an entire hour i'm just saying like this this issue alone is like it has really solid, good writing. However, the discussions I've had that um, extended out of this episode—not this episode, this chapter—were also really, really interesting discussions. So I have a lot of fondness and love of this for right. this issue because it led to some very interesting conversations in my life. You know, I wouldn't nice. have had them otherwise. I've
2: noticed that. Right. I've noticed that half the fun of these new comics. Captain in wise is that half the fun that's come out of them is discussing what happens inside because i'm guessing like i'm guessing this is what people must have like reading you know because the last time i think there was this big of a shift for x-men was grant morrison's x-men and i can only <clears throat> imagine like just kind of a shift into the un into like an unknown region i and i just feel like imagine what it would have been like back then because back then i wasn't reading comics and so like i feel feel like the discussion around these stories is 75 is like 50 percent of the fun because we all just get to our minds just go different places
0: right It's, it's funny because like it is like that where like you are able to enjoy it for what it is, but you're also able to have, like, these discussions where you rip it apart, but can still appreciate it as a whole. But like, kind of like what almost did, and, like, you know, you it led to these deep dives of other things because of the material, you know? Yeah. And I love that stuff, like, where you're able to take it into all these tangents, and it's fun to do that. You know, was it art supposed to strike conversation? And that's what it's doing. I
3: feel like, I think my, um, I know we're not there yet. However, I just, I want to complain about this. I think my, my thing with X-Men as a whole is that sometimes it's, it feels like a book that's supposed to be like um, filled with like, a lot of imagery and metaphor, but it seems sort of that it doesn't sometimes. Like of all the ex- of all the books, I expect that from. I expect it from X Men, but it doesn't really do that. It's not very um, heavy reading, not not in a bad way. That that whatever it's it's very light reading, which is mm-hmm. not what I would expect from like a Hickman book, right? And I don't mean that like... in like a negative way. It's certain
0: <laughs> ones where he decides to take it that route, like. You know, like issue number seven, he definitely mm-hmm. took it to a deeper route, yeah. and like certain ones, like with issue, uh, where is it? Where is it? Five.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the one with uh, the um, children of the vault. He definitely takes it random. Like he takes it down the rabbit hole with that one. Yeah. But yeah, like some of them are just like pretty cut and dry. Yeah.
1: Like well, again, yeah, it's ready. not. A- like, number eight with the New Mutants coming back. Or even number three. It's just like, here's the old ladies. I mean, he explains it a little bit more with that. They have a little bit of a history. But it's still more like, look at these old ladies. Ha ha, this is fun. You know? Yeah. So. It's not much depth to it. Yeah. It can be, but it's not in that issue.
2: I think where that comes from exactly, and I think where that will be fixed, I think it's the more episodic nature of Hickman's X-Men. It's not really. Because most comics I feel are, you know, are one, most arcs are one big storyline. Hickman's just like, okay, going to do this one, not touch it for a month. And so I think that's why it feels lighter because you have nothing to exactly connect it to the issue before or the issue coming next correct yeah so true. i think that's might be what it's almost like for lack of a better word it's a sitcom and i yeah. know that it's not it's not a perfect analogy but like sitcoms you're meant to sit you don't really sit and mull them over a lot of the time you watch them you're like haha that's funny and then you move on right unless it's One big like story, and I think that'll fix over time because it really looked like Hickman's with you know Empire and going into X of Swords right afterwards. It really looks like Hickman's going to actually start doing arcs Mm -hmm. instead of just doing one off story. Yeah, like
0: I noticed that from the first like four or five issues. That they were very much laying down the groundwork for future storylines, and then the last two issues were pushing this story that they're interwound, they're connected, they're basically like a follow-up to the, the uh, eight and nine, with dealing with the brood stuff, are definitely interconnecting because he brings the Kree into it, and he brings in Shiar, and they're all through that whole story. And they're explaining about this whole King Egg thing, <clears throat> which reading that too was pretty cool because um, when the Supreme, the, the high, what's the Supreme Intelligence, mm-hmm. was talking about how they were going to use the Brood Army to take over like Shiar, the Scrolls, and the Quadi, I was like, okay, this is interesting. They're already lying down the groundwork of these characters. This whole species that are very obscure that we haven't heard for in X books for quite some time. So even then, he was like tying them into Empire from an early early start. Because after issue nine, I think their the next issue after this is supposed to be their Empire tying.
3: Correct? I think so. It's a, yeah. the one.
2: W- I think it's Magneto with the tentacles, isn't it? Yes. Yes. The next issue is the Empire. To- empire tie-in well there you go because I, I remember the you know the um the the page at the end where it has the crocoan rank and the, the the translation page translated into empire oh
1: perfect yeah i mean that's the thing i like most about this main um title um main title series is because every issue can be led into, like, either a mini-event or a big event that you can really explore into. Like, with the old ladies, it's going to be with the bigger event, probably, with Empire, with um, the Crucible. That could be a mini-event with Kirk making his own religion or with um, Mystique trying to, like... Bring back um, Destiny, and it doesn't work. She so tries to take down Krakoa. That can, that's obviously. I feel a, like that's going to be a storyline. That's going to be a bigger event, obviously, not a mini. Because if it takes down Krakoa, but even the Children of the Vault, that's going to be a big thing too. Like we're probably not going to get that for. That might be the December event they were talking about, which will probably be pushed back until later. Now,
2: um, I have a feeling the Children of the Vault thing is going to be a lot along the lines of, um what Hickman did with Hank back in his Avengers run he sent Mm -hmm. Hank Pym into the multiverse or whatever we didn't see Hank Pym for like two years and then he picked up that storyline again and I have a feeling they're going to end up that way like we're not going to see sadly they weren't going to see X-23 and you know Darwin and for for a year maybe a year and a half that makes me so sad, Next right? Is
1: also, introducing two new characters just to be like, okay, bye,
2: bye. Yeah.
1: But it will be exciting when we actually get that event because I can't wait to see the children of the the vault again. Since we just reread their story, or yeah. <laughs> uh, one of their stories, yeah. And yeah. they said that they revived the the system, revived them,
0: the ones that had died, and start them back at level one. Yeah, they're back to level one, and now. Um,
2: What's now they have to is... go train and battle to become the very best like no one else. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, that, the level one made me think of Pokemon and my brain no, is good. good. I
0: always love talking about Pokemon. All right, so do we want to discuss what we would have changed from these stories? Mm.
3: Um, Like I said, I already uh, said what I would change exactly with X-Men 4. Yeah. Um, I don't have a menu yet, but um, my friend and I were actually, <laughs> my friend and I have actually joked about planning a dinner party around this menu, but, like, a version of it that would make sense.
2: You better you know? invite us, because we like food. <laughs> um,
3: this is just an interesting thing about the menu, and it's, like, half of the characters here um, that you see, like, they're Indian, they're um, Asian, and, like, Magneto is, like, Jewish. And so, like, having bacon on the menu seemed like a very weird oversight on it. Right. Art. And I know I keep, like, bashing this thing into the ground, but it's just, like, this menu has so many flaws that I'm just, like, I don't know how that's... I, you know that Pikmin <clears throat> never took a class in making a menu. And, yes, that's well, an actual class. I've never taken it, <laughs> but my friend it, has.
1: It is a class, but you know what I'm wondering? Because didn't the... Um... Aren't they, like, uh, basically the American, more European people in charge of more of this? More, like, the white people in charge of setting up this summit? Girl. So what if, yeah, L-T-T. so what if, right? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. So mm-hmm. what if, like, Hickman, because, like, a lot of the staff is white and, like, all that. So I'm like, what if he was trying to, like, I don't know if he was, but let's just say, what if he was trying to be, like, these cultural
0: insensitive.
1: Yeah, like because the white people are cultural insensitive. Like the one U.S. USA person that was there is already trying to kill the uh, mutants in charge, and they haven't even done anything yet.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, what if he did that on purpose? He might not have, but <laughs> I think it was just an oversight. It might have just been oversight, but if I think too much into things, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, I'm just looking over who. I think a lot of people go to the Economic Summit. I don't remember. I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's like, it's a lot. It's yeah. a mix of, co- I'm just, it's just like a weird oversight because, like, it, it, it just seems like, like, Hickman came in, like, last minute and was like, oh, everyone at the table is a person of color, but this venue, obviously, reflects none of their tastes. Yeah. yeah. That,
0: he, like, that wanted was a
2: small it. a little bit of an over- He's I want mean, like, to make
0: it seem cultural but not at the same time.
3: I mean like he could have just had like the same like he could have just like had pasta served, you know? Right. Like, th- that's what I'm saying. It's just like it's such a weird oversight on like Hickman's part to like that was like the thing that broke my immersion from reality. And I want you to know when I read this issue, my brain shut down because I was like, Wow, apocalypse is so hot. I'm not gonna fucking think <laughs> <make> anything <laughs> else. Everyone was having like these really intense discussions, and I was like, "No, no, no, no! I think you're not focusing on the important part." And it's that apocalypse is sexy. This is what we're supposed to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. This is the hottest he's looked in years. Why aren't you all talking about this? Shut up about the con. Uh, shut up about like the history. Shut up about that. We're talking about
0: apocalypse. <laughs> hey, Amos, I noticed. <laughs> I, I noticed. Trust
2: me. <laughs> he. It like you might as well have just play, you know, Justin Timberlake suit and tie while they- right.
3: I mean, I and just know, have to say, to the I room, think
2: they, they just look very good. <laughs> okay, I think
1: Hickman's Magneto and Apocalypse is like the best versions, at least to me, like that I've seen in a while. Yeah, like, I really love how he's not just in this, not just in the fourth issue, but just like overall, I really like how they're represented in like um, the whole series so far. You know, because they're very more like on top of things. They're not as you know evil We're anymore. They're yeah, not as
3: cartoony. Yeah, yeah, they're not as
1: cartoony. They're real. Yeah. You know, they have real emotions and they feel like real people that like care or don't care about certain things. Like I love it. Like when uh when uh, uh
0: Professor Xavier was having that speech with uh with um oh, God Mystique and he goes, I really don't care if you hate me. I've gone beyond being hated and, you know, that whole conversation, it's like all these characters have gone so much forward now from where they used to be. Like now that there's this whole new paradigm shift in their way of life, they're like, well, all that stuff's behind me now I've grown. I've, I've gone beyond this. I'm into this new echelon of person
2: now. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, what would I, would ch- like, what would I change this about is oh. Sorry. I, I would, I... would...
3: okay, so, like, uh, my thing was with issue seven, I think, the crucible issue. That's not issue seven, is it? Yes. Uh, oh, that is issue seven. I would change it into two issues. Slow down the pacing to a halt. Um and have it more be of a shrouded mystery and then have the crucible fight. Um, that's what I would do. I would split that issue into two issues. And oh, like make it longer. That. Yeah. Make it yeah. longer, more tense.
0: You see that I, I'm I'm with you on that one almost because I feel like they could have had the religious connotation issue on its own, which should have been the freaking X Men presents giant size, yeah, for roller. and then then have the whole actual Crucible event on its own. Because mm-hmm. man, I feel like if you would have stretched that out, especially with Apocalypse and having those moments, because he had some great beats in there. I wish, uh, like you said, just make it longer so that you you get more impact from it.
2: Um, I, I think it would also kind of like of agree sorry with, with that. I. I, I I that it would have been nice to have seen maybe Apocalypse. Um, I would have loved to have seen the Applied Council when they discussed, like, Apocalypse. Because I feel, that feels like something up- Apocalypse. Like, he, like he, he made a PowerPoint and everything about it. I just, I feel like that would have, it would have been great to have been able to see them discuss and be... Able to you know the goods and the bad, and I guess I get Hickman's very much one of those type of people. He he doesn't like to show everything, but he likes he likes to do like perfect balance of show and tell, Mm -hmm. and I just I feel but I feel like that's something that should have been showed. Like we, we should have seen there see like Apocalypse you know sitting there being like hey I'm I want to hit to... children yes I. <laughs> basically yeah I'm going to utilize children just um, with a sword just give me a big sword give them a sword and we're and I would have loved to have seen people's reaction to it because I feel like Sinister would have like Sinister would have been instantly involved not because he cared but because he would have found it hilarious
3: Um, this is one thing I would also like to add and I would have loved to see, I would have loved to see, like, um, the way someone is presented to Apocalypse, like, there has to be, like, some sort of ceremonious, because she gets the flowers put on her and all that kind of stuff, and I would have loved to see moments between um, her and Paige and Sam and, like, having this discussion about, like, did she really want to do it and, like, being dressed and given away, like, it's. I feel like it. It should have had like more of an emotional family beat to it, and it felt. It <clears> felt like like that like really tense like please don't do it like, you right. know, yeah
2: That's especially,
0: it... with their like other brother Icarus because I feel yeah. like Icarus out of everyone would have said something about this because mm. he is such a sensitive, soft spoken soul, and he's seen like the worst happen to his friends personally. So why would he want to sit there and watch his sister go through this? Like there should have been a whole family discussion.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would have liked that. I um definitely. Yeah, I kind of get where you guys are coming from. It should have been split into two issues. Another thing that I would say that I, if I could change anything, um, other than really Crucible, I didn't like the art. I thought the, I. Never really liked Lionel Hughes. Art. Sometimes it hits; even sometimes during, it doesn't. Yeah, I really like
3: Hughes' art. That's like um, even I going feel like, he, he just has like a like a way with making the characters look more depressed than they actually are. <laughs>
2: um, I've and the good thing. sad.
3: And that's like a good thing in terms of this issue. I just don't like the way how he draws teeth.
0: Yeah, I don't it's not, very I weird. Draws teeth.
2: It is off-putting. Oh. I just—I've never liked it. His art feels very scratchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me, like, see, like
3: I don't like Filotto's art, and everyone wonders like why. And I feel like Filotto's art feels like if you took a photograph in the fifties yeah. and then you start put it in starch and let it dry. That's <laughs> how Filotto's art feels, like it I feels love like an over stiff. It feels like an over stiff collar.
2: I love, He's, I I love Phil Noto. We are not talking. We are not insulting Phil Noto right now. We are talking about lying with you. Thank you very well, much.
0: The thing is, his his art. There's certain issues where it hits really good, like in the Crucible, mm-hmm. except for Storm. And then there's mm-hmm. ones where I'm like, oh, like in the Horticulture issue, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, their re- facial reactions look weird. I don't like their facial reactions. Like when he makes a person surprised, or are like and like
1: astounded by something their reactions look way off to me well see i kind of like how he does that i don't know it makes it look more realistic to me like when he did emma when they called her basically a whore a dirty whore and um she had this shocked face so i kind of like that
2: I, okay time i i love how just frank you said how just like nonchalant you said that you're like yeah when they called her a dirty whore and just you just kept going that was fantastic well, yeah. go on
1: Oh, that, I mean, that, that's like I mean, I I'm not I I clean up my speech a lot for the podcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm pretty nonchalant with my language when I'm at when I'm recording a podcast or near new people at at my like day job or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I can definitely see like some of the points that are that been made about his art not being as great in certain points, like the teeth. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. Until, like, you mentioned it. But, yeah, the mm-hmm. teeth do bug me. Like, I'm looking at it right now with um, the issue number three. I just had it pop up. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of the old women's teeth. And it just looks off.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't, and I'm, like, did I'm, like, obviously you meant to do that or they wouldn't have yeah. put it in. But it, it's not for me. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of it. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: well, While we're on the topic get, of you, he, uh-huh. on, he just announced. He finished his final issue, X Men. Who? Yeah. Well, Okay, everybody, if you could have one artist take over on the main X Men book, who would it be?
0: I'm actually getting who I want, so I'm fine. Who are you getting? Mama Lazar? Is he going in the main X-Men. title?
2: Yeah. Um, he's doing did, like, some. Ti- he, I think he's doing only the Empire tie-ins.
3: Oh, um, I kind of like.
2: Go ahead, Thomas. Who? Who
3: was it? Um, who did the covers for Excalibur? Asar, or is he also doing? Um, is he doing? X- he Muhammad Asar, I think that's his name. Yeah. yeah, he did the covers for Excalibur. Yeah, I would choose him for X Men.
0: I um, think yeah, we're taking over because they don't announce that he's just taking over. Oh. Sorry.
2: I thought he was just doing the Empire tie-in. No, because
0: I saw it on on Twitter, and they said he was taking over the after he Lin, uh, Yu you leaves. Oh, oh, really?
2: Well, that's cool. he's he's cool. I for me, he's what do you not like? Down. What <laughs> do not like?
3: Tell us. I, tell us, Fox.
2: I okay. I feel he because that's thing. Like, I loved X Men Red. You everybody knows that. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. x-men books but um, i feel like his okay i'm gonna be frank about it he he does really bad boob sock <laughs> he does he just does it's, it's it's like it's really weird it's very bad boob sock and i, I just i don't enjoy it sometimes i boob i personally rather
0: where it looks like they have droopy boobs yeah oh.
2: when it's like when it's like they're stuffed into like a sock and like that's not how fabric works
0: you mean real boobs
2: that's okay. That all <laughs> boobs are
0: perky.
3: No, exposing exposing hawks as Someone who hates women. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: Oh god! I almost <laughs> spit out my drink.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> okay, we all know that's not how those work. <laughs> but I mean, that's a that's a we'll valid that, that's.
1: That's a valid complaint. It's, it's, I, it's
3: valid. <laughs> I
2: like, like his art sometimes. I personally would rather maybe an artist like Russell Dotterman. See, I oh, hate yeah. Dauterman. I love Dauterman. I love Dotterman. Dotterman. I Dotterman.
3: Dotterman, Dotterman. Dotterman. Let, me, let me say this. Dauterman <laughs> has same face syndrome for all his women. And he has what? Studio, he has same face syndrome. If uh. you look at the way he draws women, it's really hard to tell Emma and Jean apart. And when I saw that he did the Jean Jean Grey and Emma Frost thing, I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to tell them apart. Whenever he draws Storm, I'm like, that's not Storm. That's a white woman who tagged herself to hell.
2: That's that's not his fault. That is Matt Wilson's fault. I like Matt Wilson, but when he tries to draw black people, he does not do very good. I was actually talking about it with some friends on Twitter. They were all like, why does... Why does, whenever Storm's drawn by Dotterman why does she look purple? I'm
3: not talking right. about her color. I'm talking about her face, like, just the line art. I I'm just saying that she... I think she looks the same as Jean and Emma. I think he has very same face syndrome. I think the way he draws men is fine, which is fine for Hickman, because Hickman doesn't know how to write women. <laughs> See, like, them working together is really good, because neither of them know how to, like, talk about women or draw women. It's really great for me whenever they work together. I mean that not sarcastically, by the way. I do like when they work together.
2: But um, I also I this is gonna be an out of left field. I really I, I you guys might have been seeing me um spam his art on Twitter, but I would very much love Jamal Campbell. Oh agree. yeah, I heard I saw you talk about him. Yeah, he's he's kind of a favorite of mine. I don't know if um I don't know where you guys might have seen him before because he's only done like weird smaller characters like yeah. um. He did. He remember when Prowler had a mini series a little bit back in the day during um, during the uh, Clone Conspiracy, and he did an issue or two of Supergirl during Steve Orlando's run. Mm. Um, but his art, his art on Naomi and um, uh, Green Lantern Far Sector, are mm-hmm. some of the best art I've ever seen on anything. No, absolutely. Ever.
3: Okay, it's... I'm gonna say one more thing, and this is just like. Just because I want to see it, I don't want it. I don't want it to be permanent, but I would love to see Jen Bortel, um, draw an issue of X Men, just to see how that would like look with Hickman's writing, because Hickman's writing is really dry, in- right? And her art is really fun, and I feel like having like a very serious dialogue and then like these bright, colorful backgrounds, really pretty big girls. Yes. okay, would so- give me such tonal whiplash, and I would love it.
2: Okay, so I love Jen Bartel's art. I, I, I've bought multiple prints from her. Whenever I've seen her at a convention, I've interviewed her. I yeah, I literally interviewed her once at when when I went to Flame Con. And I her interiors the inter, when she she's done interiors maybe once or twice, and then she did the book that she did with um what's his name. He's, he wrote, he's writing, um, he's writing Harley Quinn right now. Can't remember his name. Ah, it's blanking on me. But she did an image book called, um, it was some magic-based image book. Her interiors are very stiff. Like, well, Hickman's,
3: Hickman's writing is very dry. And I mean this in, like, a compliment way. Just because I say something it's dry doesn't mean it's bad. I feel I like mean, they would complement each other. Because you's art complements Hickman's writing a lot. And, Hick- and you and Hickman have been write- have been working together since New Avengers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hickman, know. even
1: on Twitter, is very dry with his posts. He's just, a, <laughs> he's just a very intellectually dry guy. I think he would really like Frasier. <laughs> um, if he was looking for, like, a, even, a, when, even if he was trying to look for a humor show, I think the humor show for him would be Frasier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm surprised none of y'all have said the artist that I would want to take over X-Men. and Api doesn't really fit um, Hickman's style, but I feel like they would mm-hmm. improve each other or like or like work off each other, work off each other. I would say Chris Anka.
2: oh, um. okay. I don't say Chris Anka because I want that man to be working on the um, Spider-Verse sequel, because he is involved with that. <laughs> oh,
3: that's
2: true. Oh so, No, he needs to be working on that. Do not distract that, poor man. <laughs> Let's
3: see. No, no, no. Put Anka on Marauders. Yes.
0: Oh, God, yes. The, oh, he, he needs would, to be on the gay team. He would Marauders. be perfect for Marauders, though. Ah. Um, I, one I, If I could fan cast though, for uh, <laughs> artists besides Asar, would be... Nick Robles.
1: Nick, I would uh,
0: love for yes. him to do an X-book besides yes. a like one-off.
3: Because
0: mm-hmm. his mm. art is so beautiful. And it's very like fluid and like linear. So I would love to see that with Hickman's style of writing. Mm-hmm.
3: Hmm. I, I think... Oh, sorry. No, I can't remember the name of the artist, so I'm going to have to think for a minute. Okay. Yeah,
2: I... Also, you now. make a
0: sexy apocalypse.
2: That would be so much Oh my god, that would be good. But I don't know, have you guys read um I would like his art uh, this art a little is a little messier, but it's it's very kinetic. Um I don't know if you've read Power Man and Iron Fist by David Walker and Samuel Yes. Man. I would yes. love to see Sanford Green do an issue, do an episode do an issue of X-Men.
0: It's so angular and
2: dynamic. It's yeah, it's very it's but like it's I feel it's messy, but in a good way, I'm like, well, how I feel you is messy in a good way Sanford green, you feel just like messy as in like it's sketched mm-hmm. uh, I feel Sanford green is messy in a way, it's just like energy bursting off the page it's because um, I love uh what's it called? I don't know if you guys have read uh their david walker's and sanford green's image book as a bitter
0: it's a
2: that's it's just it's just one of those books that's just fantastic it's about um it's uh I forgot what it was um it's just it's like a group of uh black monster hunters and it's so good and it's it's just one of the it's one of the best indie comics i've ever read and i love sanford greens work. he um his power man and iron fist was one of the coolest stories and then we got um i don't know if you guys remember in marvel voices he did the um the wolverine versus immortal hulk story yeah where immortal hulk was trying to attack the um the what's it called the the krakoan gate and wolverine killed him and waited for and, you know like shipped his body off so it wasn't, you know, sitting there when he woke up. But, um, Sanford Green is one of those. as another, not for an entire, like, not for an entire arc, but maybe right. a one-off issue I think Sanford Green would do great in.
0: Yeah, he did really good with Royals, so I'd like to see what he does.
2: Yeah. Um, I
1: have another, I have another person that's on, um, the run that just ended, or is about to end, actually, the Hawkeye freefall. The mm-hmm. artist Otto I don't
2: Otto know, Schmidt? Smith.
1: Yes. yes, yes. I lo- I just I didn't know his art that much. I think he's on Black Cat too, right? No. Him? No, it's not on him. Who's that? No. Okay, that's a different artist. Whatever. But on the, on the hot guy, I love his art on that, and I think he would do do really well in X Men. Like, um, if X Men comes in contact with some of the street level heroes, because he's really good at like those like punching scenes like drawing those really actiony so if we do
2: something i think he would do great for like a like a gorgon centered. like if if gorgon had a one-off where like gorgon Gorgon was like went on a mission but ended up having to like deal with his past Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like or like there was an episode where gorgon had to protect xavier on a mission but like it's gorgon having like but hydra attacks xavier and oh. like Gorgon having to deal with Hydra, the people he used to like run. Yeah, I think that would be a really interesting inter. That would be a think, really interesting one for for. you're taking too.
0: away the one thing he's so good at yeah. drawing women.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, or the woman he could draw would be Mystique, and her like mini event of trying to take down Krakoa. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but
2: like, but that's the thing. Uh, Gorgon has very pretty hair. Yes, so, uh, mm. it works. He's got a very pretty kimono. It would work for him.
3: Mm-hmm. I think that's all the artists. I don't think I have any more. In...
2: You said you had someone.
3: Well, I was thinking, like, maybe, like, nine, like specifically 90s Jim Lee. I kind of...
2: I, I,
3: I, I, I have my a language. crime. I have a crime where I like Jim Lee's 90s art more than his current art. It's, it's like a disease I have that I... I prefer that art over this art because new art is very professional and it's very, like, boring for me to look. It's very nice, but it's very boring. It's, like, this is... This is is gonna piss off everyone, but it's, like, for me it's, like, looking at, like, the starry night. I don't like the starry night. I think it looks pretty, but it's also visually boring for me. You know? It's, like, too clean cut for you? Yeah. Like, the new new art?
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jim Lee's very house styles. Like, because he's he is—he's Mister DC now.
3: I know. I'm just saying, like, if because, like, I remember when he drew for the nineties, like the um, in Nintyusa and Claremont's runs. Those were like some of my favorite, like panels of like Betsy and Archangel, and you know, I just like really like his art, like his early nineties art. That's all I'm saying. I I don't think he should do. He should draw for Hickman because I think he and Hickman would drive each other nuts. But like, oh, that'd be amazing. I, I just want to be in the room. That would yeah. be the battle of egos. That oh, would absolutely. be the That would be the DC Marvel crossover we've been waiting for.
2: Oh my <laughs> god. Hickman would write such a good Hickman Hickman should do the Marvel DC crossover. He should.
1: No, I don't think so, because Hick- I think I think that. Hickman would want to do too much.
2: But exactly. You have to make <laughs> something like that too much. It's the Marvel vs DC is the personification of extra, of being extra. You you have you have to you have to be able to shove so much fan service, mix it with actually so much story, and you and I think I think Hickman could do that because if you put Hickman on writing, Jim Lee on art, a Marvel versus DC crossover would sell hotcakes. I mean, it would
1: definitely sell.
0: Yeah, just, 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 I think it awesome. would be awesome. But you need to put someone from DC with him to counter. Oh, Jim Lee. Jim Lee. No, not Jim Lee. He's DC.
2: He's Mr. No. He's like I mean, the president of
0: like DC, DC right now. DC writer, not DC
3: artist. Oh, a oh. DC
1: writer. Okay. Oh, with, uh, uh, Tom King. King. Tom no. King. Oh, no. no. Ew. No. No.
2: Okay. No,
3: not,
1: no, I mean, t- no, not Tom King. Tom Taylor.
2: Yes. But Tom, Tom Taylor
3: also did a lot of Marvel. I think that's unfair. You know. Uh, uh, that, uh, yeah. Scott Snyder. Okay. Mm, actually, yeah, Scott. Sy- Scott I, Snyder I, wouldn't be bad. I, I know that a lot of people don't like Scott Snyder, and me liking him comes to a lot to shock to a lot of people.
2: That does do. shock me. I'm gonna be honest. It does shock <laughs> me because. Right. I'm not is, gonna lie. That's true. Yeah. He seems Scott nice. Snyder is. <laughs> Scott Snyder's a good guy. He's just he's just so nice. He's. I remember I um, when he finished writing. When he hit fifty-two issues and he wasn't gonna be writing Batman anymore, I talked about like how sad I was that he was leaving Batman because his run made me like the character. I was, you'd never really liked Batman outside of the cartoons, and he direct messaged me and he's like, "Hey, I thank you for you know voicing how much you liked it, but like don't worry, me and um Greg Capullo, his artist, we're gonna be getting back together soon for Batman," and that was of course uh Dark Nights Metal that really kind of a dumb event. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Scott Snyder and Jonathan Hickman working on a Marvel versus DC crossover would be the greatest thing in all history. Maybe. I
3: don't know, like. I um, feel like we weirded off the topic. Yeah, yeah. We were talking, we're there is one win, thing
0: like... that I want to say from correcting the the stories mm-hmm. that we were originally supposed to
3: be talking
2: about. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I don't like the way the first issue started. Mm-hmm. of X-Men because it showed Professor X giving the visor or the glasses the Ruby Quartz glasses to him when in X-Men Legacy it was supposed to be Sinister that gives him those glasses
2: I thought I thought that was Xavier fixing the glasses
0: no that, he was giving him the glasses so he could see because the whole time he's talking about he's afraid to open his eyes oh Oh. So I was like, wait, in X-Men Legacy, they had a whole storyline about it.
1: Maybe Hick- maybe Hickman retconned I <laughs> also don't know which lifetime that was.
3: True. Um, okay, so... Back to, like, what we should be changing is... Um, I would, like... I would personally like more screen time with um, Destiny and mm. Mystique. I could use with a little bit like Charles Xavier... Absolutely. Um, If you had that issue just be like the one panel with Charles and Magneto and the rest be be like Mystique going back and forth about like her monologue because you can see that like in some of the issues he gives characters inner monologues and some issues he doesn't. It really just depends on his mood but he doesn't really give Mystique an inner monologue which I think for a character like Mystique with such complex motives and such complex emotions and her being like because you have to understand that like Mystique and Destiny have been basically oppressed for their entire lives because you have to factor in that they got together like in the early in the early 21st in the early 20th century Um, so they've been oppressed their entire lives and this is like Mystique is, see- is probably suffering from jealousy seeing all these people be open and loving and gay with each other and not being able to do that with her the love of her life who she has to like who she had to have like height to protect and it's like I could have used a little bit more inner monologue. I could've used a little bit more mystique, you know? Yeah. It felt very lacking of mystique to, for a mystique uh, for a mystique like um, issue. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I just I'm very passionate about lesbians. Oh,
1: I definitely I on. definitely agree with that. We should have had more inner monologue and mystique and destiny together. And I feel like we're probably gonna get that. I know we're. I know we're gonna get a um, more mystique centric story because they wouldn't have had Destiny say all that, like to her, like burn it down and everything. So maybe I feel like with a lot of these stories, he's waiting. Um, Hickman's waiting to explain more, or for him to have someone else explain more, because that's another thing that I would change. Because I would. I would want to. Ch- I would. The only thing I would probably change in all of this is to learn more. And I feel like that's a lot of our complaints. Like, we want more explained. We want things to be split into two issues. Like, I don't want issue number five to split into two issues. Because I kind of want to see a little bit of behind the scenes of when that one child of the vault goes back in. Like, we saw a little bit of it. We saw it get, get her get identified and all of that. But I want to see more of the vault. And I want to see, like, the, like, what happened right when... Um, before they were coming in, because they said mm-hmm. time goes by faster there, so a few years could have passed before they even sent X-23 in, and all the, and the other two. So, I want to see what they did before that when they discovered that, you know, what the X-Men were doing, or the whole mutant them were doing, you know? But I feel, like that's, I feel like that's the main complaint we can all have, because Hickman is, like, putting bait out with each one of these issues, and it's like, Ooh, you like that? You like this little piece of issue right here? Well, you're going to have to wait because this is going to be
3: a big thing and this is how I'm going to get you to buy more issues. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, this is... I need to word this carefully because I feel like if I don't, it's going to get me on, like, a government watch list or something. So um, I don't like the way how Hardy culture was portrayed because it seems like there's this reoccurring issue where a lot of political activism and a lot of a political... um activists especially towards environments are treated as terrorists um and i don't appreciate the fact that they were eco terrorists um i wish they weren't introduced as such because it seems like every single time there's a character that's introduced that's very environmentally friendly blah 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 they're introduced as an eco terrorist like i feel like you could have done that with a little bit more um with a, a little bit like a, an easier touch than already labeling, labeling them as terrorists. I don't know how else to, like, state that. It just... It feels like such a weird agenda to push. And I know comics are generally to push agendas. Like, let's not lie to ourselves. Like, every single writer who's written a comic is pushing their agenda or whatever. You know, like, let's not lie to ourselves and be like, oh, uh, Like, it's inherently apolitical. But, like, having the... Like, you know, having Hardy Culture be labeled as terrorists and from the beginning is such... It kinda of turned me off from that issue. I wish it would have been different, but also I see where Heckman is coming from needing villains. Cause you can't just hit old ladies. Like I right. discussed on this podcast. You can't hit children and you can't hit old ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think I, I would when I read this, I was just I in my mind I'm referring back to like DC and Poison Ivy. It's like, you know, there even with Poison Ivy, even with the old like Batman cartoons and especially mm-hmm. in the, the X-Men three issue hickman and all the other writers that did like with poison ivy they're highlighting that we should be environmentally conscious like we're destroying the earth but us mm-hmm. destroying the earth in their in their scientific work has driven them over the edge and now they're like they're done with humanity and now they want to take it over for themselves so it's like the fact that they're they're trying to highlight like hey you know this is like a, a comic book this is a cartoon we're highlighting real world issues, we're also making you see that since you keep not listening, you know, to the scientists about real world issues, that that can drive scientists mad and just wanna take over everything since the people that are in charge aren't doing anything about it. Uh,
3: uh, I hate, this sounds really, I think this is because I'm part of the oppressed group called Scientists. (laughs) <laughs> um, every day I'm bullied for being a STEM major. They How dare you have and
1: intellect people. and no
3: facts? Well, it's also, like you said, a comic
1: book, so they got to make a
3: yeah. well, no, okay, <laughs> thing. Okay. I'm else? not going to get super into this. I'm just saying, like, as a, like as, a activist, as like, an activist, especially for, like, um, a clean energy and, like, environment, it just felt very frustrating to read that, is all I'm saying. Right. I'm not saying I don't think I can see creeps, that. Because I
0: do is... like them. The thing is, I feel like the way I'm reading all these books right now, it's like anyone who's coming to Krakoa that wasn't A, invited, or B, a mutant is considered a terrorist at this point. Because they're unwanted, they're forcing their way in, and more than likely they're not doing something positive in Krakoa. So the way Krakoa views them, oh, that's an act of terror.
1: Because they even called the Fantastic Four terrorists... And calling the Fantastic Four terrorists could have pissed off a lot. They it did piss off the Fantastic Four fans. Mm-hmm. So, but rightfully so because they entered a country, and they attacked the country illegally.
3: I mean, to be honest, like in the Fantastic Four X, X the Fantastic Fantastic Four X Men issue, like even the mutants were considered terrorists. So it's not very it's true. A, it's a two ways. It's a two way street.
1: True, yeah. You know? <laughs> True.
3: Yeah. Um. But. So, what else would we change? Like, we've talked about the arts, we've talked about, like, some plot issues, and would, like, if you had to remove one issue, which which one would it be? Like, just delete it. If one
2: issue. If you had to pull one issue, um, honestly speaking, I know it's a lot of your guys' favorites, but it would be the Horde culture.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: I just, hmm. I, I, okay, I liked... I liked it. I just... I feel like... I feel like Emma should have been... Like, Emma saying, oh, Scott hit them. No, Emma would have hit them herself. Like, it just... It felt like... It felt like, ha-ha, let's make fun of Emma. And then Emma just act like a spoiled, snooty woman. Emma's very much willing to get her hands dirty. Well,
1: I don't... I think... I think... I don't know... I can see your point on that, but I don't know if if Emma would have wanted no, to get old ladies.
2: Emma, Emma was going to almost murder an entire race when it came to Inhumans versus X Men.
1: Yeah, true, but that's not... So, it's different. I feel like it's different from setting plans up and like having robots kill people than actually going up and doing it yourself with your own two hands. You know, when Scott can famous. just laser beam them, you
3: know. <laughs> Um, if I had to pick an issue, it would be issue one, because I have not known peace since that infographic of where Logan's room is next to Scott in jeans is. I have not known peace online. Every day I see that infographic and I'm like, Hickman is not your gay king. This is this is baiting. Learn, learn. If I had to remove one issue, it would be that issue. Because I have not known peace.
0: I agree with you, Amos. But the reason I want to delete it is because it was so not Cyclops for me. And they tried to make me like Cyclops. And that is a problem within itself. And also because it was so focused on just him instead of the whole family of Summerses Summer Eyes, Summer Zeus, but Summer's yeah, I was just like, okay, I get it, we're starting off with Scott, whoop-de-frickin-do, what a surprise.
2: Okay, I'm gonna just pause everything to ask everybody a question here, yep. just because it's very, uh, Jonathan Hickman just tweeted out a poll asking who's more of a Karen, um, stole, uh, what's it, uh, Emma Frost, Jean Grey, or Kitty Pride? who's more Ooh. of a Karen out of those mm.
0: three? Mm. Uh, Gene.
2: Mm. I w-
3: see. It's Emma for uh, me. Just no. Because- no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Gene has gone to college, and Gene is like actively an activist. Uh, Emma Frost has never done anything. Nobody has ever. Well, I guess people have heard no, but that would make Kitty the most cared, because yep. nobody has ever really said no to Kitty. See, that's what, that's what I was so- thinking, Kitty.
2: <laughs> how many times has Kitty said the N word? Oh I god. Think, I, I At don't least know. twice. A few like, exactly. a, little, a few times. And, and um two it's times not, too it's many. Not Jean, it's Kitty. I feel bad for picking Jean now, but Emma doesn't <laughs> snitch. So Emma's but very But I feel much like, about, like
3: but Emma's like she is like rich and she's like she is bad in her own way. Maybe not in a very caring way. But like
1: definitely she's her, I'm going to She's go definitely racist. See I would I wouldn't say the only reason I wouldn't say Emma is a Karen is because Emma wouldn't call someone to come get you she would do it herself even though she did call Scott to go beat up those old ladies if if she wouldn't call the police to go get somebody she would call somebody that she, like that's with her right then to go do it if she didn't want to or she would just like punch you herself so she's also anti-establishment and she's also anti-establishment. I don't think. G- I also don't think Jean is a Karen, because I feel like Jean would also do it herself and not call somebody else to do it. Now, Kitty, she would faint and call Scott. Now, Kitty, I think Kitty is a Karen. Out of the <laughs> out of the, out of the three, I think Kitty is a Karen because <laughs> Kitty went back to Colossus, and that is my argument. I have no further points. <laughs> my point is, my point is that hands down, Mike drop. That's I just awesome. realized
0: I was like I'm not the only Jewish character, female character.
3: Well, we can make more. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> here's the th- here's the thing. They've been like really white. They've been like really erasing Kitty's Jewish heritage. Like, they, they have actually. And like, I constantly forget that she's Jewish, and uh, we can't say slurs on this podcast. We can't say. Um, but there was, like, this really in-depth explanation about her tattoos and how, um, the O has an X in the middle, and that was the way that you would under- identify Jewish people when, like, you came into Staten Island. No one else island Staten Island? Ellis I Island. Ellis island. Um, I don't know my... I live in New York, but I don't know where anything is, as you can tell. <laughs> um, and so, like, it's kind of like an offensive symbol for Jewish people, and she has it, and it's, like, she's not reclaiming it because Duggan isn't Jewish. <laughs> you know, like, see, like, Claremont did a lot of things, and I complain about him endlessly. But at least he was Jewish, so he knew how to write Kitty as a Jewish woman. Right. You know? There's that. Um, so I just, it, it feels really weird that they're erasing Kitty's Jewish history. That's why she's, she's been... not really
1: Kitty. She's a robot. <laughs> or, like, a uh, our brainwashed clone. But, <laughs> I mean, even the brainwashed clone... Would call the cops. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's Kitty Pryde. I already voted. I'm, the, Kitty Pryde is the least voted. Emma Frost is the most voted. Well, <laughs> Kitty Pryde technically is the cops of Krakoa. So,
2: and like she said enough slurs to people that I think. Yeah, I think um, I think she counts. See, see yeah. Jean Grey well, is
3: like the white feminist who thinks you're who thinks you're oppressed for wearing the hijab and like.
2: Oh, She's, true. She's like trying to
3: convince you that like you're from an oppressed religion. But yeah. she doesn't really mean harm. She's just ignorant. Yeah. Oh, cause Emma Jean Cross went... is just terrible.
1: Yeah, because when Jean was brainwashed by um, Mastermind when she had the Phoenix Force? Was that Mastermind? Or Sebastian Shaw? Somebody. Um remember when she made when she was in that um, old timey get up and the X Men came to her, it was an old story. Um and um they wait, all wait
3: wait, Dark Phoenix? Yeah, yes.
1: Dark Phoenix. And um, and she made Storm a slave, like, in the imaginary, remember?
3: Yes, oh, my
1: God. So that's Karen behavior, too. Did everyone except Emma, because what has Emma done that's Karen? Against, like, people of color. That's, like, the identifier.
0: <laughs> she made her the White Queen.
1: Yeah, but, like... She made Storm the White Queen. Did she? That one time they treated
0: outfits... Oh, you Things mean
3: bodies. Like, okay, so she says like this really racist thing where it's when like Emma asks her like, "Why are you a bitch? Why are you a bitch, Emma?" And she's like, "Top class breeding." That's really racially charged. That essentially implies that like she's had genealogy that's entirely like white and they've been selective, and that's like really racially charged. She's a know, blue like, blood. Yeah, saying that she's like from top class breeding. That's um, that's like that's like. That's like beyond racist. That's like a different level. Like, I'm not going to call Emma a Nazi, but like, you know. Well, see, Hitch- no, that's a rage. Jo- Jonathan Hickman, I th- that
1: was a reach, but th- I get what your point is. But I feel like Jonathan Hickman was doing this on purpose. It's a trick question. They're all levels of Karenism.
2: That's why I, I replied Sue Storm.
1: Oh, Sue Storm is a Karen. <laughs> she literally was a Karen. Sue Storm. I no nah, like nah, I love me some Sue Storm sometimes, but when it like ooh, she's mm. she makes some bad choices. Yeah,
3: you know I, I think choices. I think this is a bold statement, but I do think Betsy is a Karen too, and I, I do like Betsy, but I do think she's a Karen. And to like to like completely finish the circle, I think Warren is also a Karen. Warren. Oh God, is Warren is totally a Karen. Warren is one hundred percent a Karen. Just just so you know that I'm not playing favorites. I'm just being ooh. honest. You know who is the most Karen? And it's not
1: even... It's a, it's a man. It's Quentin Quire. Oh. Quentin Quire. Yeah,
2: that's okay. Quentin Quire Quir. Quir is the type of person who thinks he's not a Karen, but really is. Mm-hmm. Okay. The one who thinks he's
0: woke, but he's not
3: woke. Exactly. Well, I just have to state that the Morrison, like, explicitly stated that he's sort of based on, like, white suprem- supremacist beliefs. Makes sense. So like oh. him being a Karen. <laughs> well, here's the thing: the character has evolved from like the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. evolved. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like quit. No,
1: he's better now. He's learned. You know, everyone, not everyone, but most people can change and learn. So I like to believe that.
2: Okay, but I think we can all agree here. The most, I think, three out of four agrees. Kitty Pride is the most Karen out of everybody. Well, to I think me, it's four yeah. out of four. Who's who's not agreed with us? I thought you th- I thought you said Emma.
3: No, I th- I thought Emma at first, but then I was like no, it's Kitty. You know like I was going through my thought process. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, right, okay.
2: yeah. So Kitty Kitty Pride is the Karen of the X-Men. Okay. Um have is there anything else we wanted to discuss about X-Men as a whole when it comes to like it as a series?
1: Uh I think it's a great series. I think Hickman is doing a fantastic
3: job. I think I think it's very sexy. I think I, I like it's very smooth. <laughs> it's,
1: it's very, it's a very right.
3: sexy. <laughs> Someone out there enjoys my commentary. It's not <laughs> <much. laughs> It like, yeah, touched touch me
0: in the right <laughs> <house>. <laughs> Thank you, Hickman. Um
2: but yeah, so we've we've discussed this. This it's it's good. It's not I think it could be better. But, but like, also, it's just started, more or less. Yeah. So, and it it will it will get better. And like, I see my main one. I I don't like episodic natures in comics. I like it to be more arc based. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and and it looks like it's going in that direction. So I I think I I think it's going to be fixing my main issue. And with you leaving the series, that also fixed fixes my secondary issue. So I. <laughs> I don't really have any big change, like, big anything else. I really have an issue with the series.
0: Yeah, I I dig it, but I don't think it's as good as Hawks and Pox. No. It's it's, it's good. No, I don't think it's supposed to be as good, though. No, but, like, everyone had such high anticipation. Yeah. After that phenomenal shakeup. Yeah. And then to get this, I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is what we're doing now. Well, I, yeah. but it's still good. Yeah. It's still good, but it's not that good.
1: No, it's not like world shattering, but it's giving a lot of ideas that can be. And that's what he said. He said this was
0: basically supposed to build up plot points for future writers to run off and go with. And I like. I, I want to see uh, where he takes it, especially. I want to see how Hickman is going to do the Empire tie-ins because he's very anti tie-ins but this is the first time he said that the tie-in actually makes sense with this run, so I'm interested to see where it goes.
2: Okay. Oh, All right. Hickman, deleted, Hickman deleted the poll, darn it. This
3: episode is so dated by the yeah. statement of, like, Hickman deleted this and Hickman deleted this.
2: Yeah, was, we sandwiched this whole thing by Hickman being absolutely chaotic. Um... <laughs> Okay, so I just want to discuss some news, which is, like, isn't it great that there's, like, news to talk about finally again? Yes. Fantastic. So, um, we got solicitations over the past week, Mm -hmm. and some of it was slightly disappointing. Mm -hmm. For some for personal reasons. My champions Mm -hmm. are still not on it for August. Mm -hmm. And, um, but also Children of the Atom still has not come out. Yep, and won't be coming out till September at the earliest, which is very grating on the nerves because um, uh, the uh, X Men writer, the Dawn of X writer's room is uh very white, mm-hmm. and it's felt like it stayed like that for a while now. This and, is
3: um just a joke um to add in, but the night before uh actually the morning of the day that um Children of the Atom got um announced, my friend texted me and he was like. I'm um, ha I have to tell you my dream. I got, um, I had a dream that like we were baited with Curtin and Warren and then like three hours later we get the cover with Curtin Warren on it. <laughs> oh. And like it felt like the, it really felt like we got baited because now we've been like baited with like Curtin Warren for like three months and there has yeah. been no payoff at all.
2: Oh my god, the man is a prophet. Ask him for the lottery numbers. Um <laughs> I need money. Uh but okay, and so that was a little bit of news that um there was This is just a little bit something. I don't know if you guys know the artist um Carlo Gomez, Carlos Gomez. He did the Mary Jane comic and yeah. the America Chavez comic. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been showing uh panel work, panel artwork from in his uh what's it called? In his uh from his Instagram stories and it looks like he's doing an X-Men story. Mm-hmm. Because he's like some of the character like the characters he's been showing they are like all X-Men characters. It was uh Rachel Gray, Apocalypse, um It's Rachel Gray Apocalypse, Beast, Cypher, um a bunch mm-hmm. of different X-Men characters. So he looks like he's doing some type of X-Men story. My guess probably the um probably the what's it called the um
3: one shots for x of swords yeah
2: for uh yeah x of swords i don't yeah it looks like that's what it's going to be um another bit of thing is something we learned about just this morning on x-men monday and that is the fact that x of sword x of swords has grown larger it's not it's apparently it was originally just gonna be one month long of stories. Now it's growing more to that, depending on whether or not you like that. That is all up to you. Um but yeah, it's it's which is interesting. I'm it's gonna be interesting because I uh I tweeted at um uh Jordan with the um leaked Amazon listing for the X of Swords hardcover and he sold he told me that listing was incorrect. So I'm guessing that means that, you know, they discussed it and it's going to be larger. It's gonna, that's I'm, awesome. Yeah, I'm inter- it's interesting to figure out whether or not Children of the Atom is going to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's, that's really all the news we have.
1: Oh, so Fox update. Hickman just tweeted, ha ha, okay, deleted because I'm going to die from laughing too hard. You guys have a good night. Be cool to each other. That's great.
2: <laughs> I'm pop out there Hickman. I wanted to see the results of that poll.
1: <laughs> right, I wanted to see the results. Well, the results so far were Emma was winning. So, oh, wow. I guess. And which is funny because that's one of his favorite characters. Yeah, I guess that's why he deleted it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was great news. I'm am really excited that Exo Swords is becoming mm-hmm. larger cuz I really like the concept. Is it getting more issues then or is it yeah. just r- running longer?
2: I think it's getting more issues nice
0: I'm, I'm just upset that we have this stupid breakup between weeks of you get a new issue then you get collections you get a new issue then you get collections Yeah, I don't care about the collections do those separately some other day give me yeah. new comic books like I don't understand what made it shift that way because I'm like now you're pushing everything back so much more
2: yeah so comics don't come back on a regular what it looks like it's going to be starting off on a regular basis starting um january like dawn of x comics at least starting january 17th because Mm -hmm. um because we have on um June, june what's it called hold on on june um On uh, the week of I think June thirteenth. Oh wait, no, hold on. June uh do, 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 do. June tenth. There's going to be um there's more, uh, we're gonna be getting Excalibur New Mutants ten. And then yeah. we're not gonna get no new Dawn of X comics till till um July till July fifteenth. Uh, but it looks like from July fifteenth onwards, it's going. We're gonna have steady X Men comics. So that's, well, that's just, cool. Yeah, because um, yeah, can that's gonna be the week we're gonna get X Force ten and Giant Size Magneto. Well, that's fun. But um, July twenty sixth is the wild week. We got five issues that week. It's yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. to. Yeah, from like zero to one hundred there, because we're gonna get Empire X Men, Hellions to. Hellions 2, New Mutants 11, Wolverine 3, and finally we're finally going to end X-Men Fantastic 4 so I can get that nightmare over with. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of that discourse.
1: It's going to just be a fever dream. Yeah. I hope it I'm telling you if it, if I'm right that it was Franklin Richards fever dream, I'm never going to let it go cuz I was like I called it. I hope I'm right. <laughs>
2: yeah. But um and then at least uh, next the week after that is um X Factor number one, so that's something to look for.
0: Finally. Like. Yay.
2: Yeah. But um Yeah. That was all the real news for the week. I think um if I'd just like to take a little bit of time to just discuss like the um the how the podcast release schedule is gonna week uh works. Um sadly we're not gonna be discussing Marauders next week since it'd be kind of weird to base an entire podcast around one issue of comic
3: unless you guys want to hear me bitch about it for like an
2: hour possible well, we could, let's not do that yeah we're gonna I be
3: would... alienating
2: yeah reader, listeners I, we're we're gonna be discussing marauders next week we're just gonna be discussing the rest of the series mm-hmm. and then um the week after that we're gonna be discussing um all of excalibur so that should be fun because we all really like excalibur all mm-hmm. of us um then on June 14th, we're actually going to have new comics to talk about. Woo! Which will be Marauders, Excal- Marauders Excalibur, and New Mutants. And then June 21st, the day we record that, we're going to be discussing New Mutants. Then June 28th, we're going to be discussing X Force. And then July 5th, we're going to be discussing Fallen Angels. June 12th, everybody, is going to be a special announcement here. We, tra la la, drum roll everybody. <laughs> We got our first writer guest to come on the show. We are gonna have Mr. Brian Edward Hill right here to talk about. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hash out everything about Fallen Angels. If you mm-hmm. if there's something you want us to ask Mr. Brian Edward Hill, we will gladly ask him that. Send it to our Thank curious you. cat. Um because mm-hmm. we would love to, you know, have him ask questions. We would love to have him answer questions because mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions we have about that comic. Um, but yeah, it's, that's so cool. We're finally getting our first writer. It only took us forever. (laughs) I've been trying for so long to get a writer to come on here, but at least we finally have it. Um, so yeah, that's going to be, and then the week after we talked to Brian Edward Hill, we got new comics, X-Force and Giant Size Magneto. And then from there on it, like things are going to go back to normal. Hopefully.
0: Knock on wood, (laughs) all
2: Okay. Um. That's all we got really got for the week. There's, um, that was this was fun, guys. We, we had a little bit of like breaking news during the middle of it. We had right, know, we, got, <laughs> we had throwing a like a throwing a smoke grenade into an enclosed, um, in an I enclosed shaft,
0: right? You're talking about dry humor. There we go, yes. right? There you
2: go. <laughs> um, all right, everybody.
0: Thank you, everyone, for coming and visiting our habitat. I am. I'm Juan at ChongoATX
1: on social media. And I am Rodders at
3: Rod Bunny Slay on all the socials. I'm moth. I'm unworthy things on Twitter. And I'm Diamond Gore on Archive of Our Own, although do proceed with caution on the second one. Um, questionable content <laughs> has been posted on that this week.
2: I need to go read that. <laughs> I'm, I'm Fox. You can find me at AgentFits77 on Twitter. And I hope everybody has a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.
3: Okay, that was fun.